Hey folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hello. Good. How are you? Is... Uh, we have a lot of <laughs> yeah. Hi, Steve. I'm glad to be back on your show. George and I are excited. Yeah. This may be, I don't know if you meant this as seen the most southern of all of the monster ramas you've done. Okay. You're the only one in the world to pick up on that. <laughs> well, William Girdler, hey, William Grafay, H.G. Lewis. You mean south of, south of Florida? Gilliam Gilliam was out of Kentucky. That's true, yeah. Right. Okay, so we're glad to be here to talk about the about the uh, the September show, which is coming up next week um, at the Riverside Drive. Do you want to introduce what we do? And uh, I am Gene, and this is George, and we are uh, the folks behind the, the Super Monsterama. And um, George, how many years have we been going with this? How many years has this been? It's 2007, so um, this is uh, 16 years. This is the 17th one in September now. 17th, I believe. Yeah, unbelievable. Is that so, right? So the original. Yeah. And, and the original, the first and the original, seldom imitated but never matched. So we're very excited, Steve, to be doing our 17th annual show. We're, we're excited. Um, when I when I started this, trying to do this at a theater, nobody wanted anything to do with a horror show, horror marathon, anything like this. And the Riverside, you know, they were the champions. They wanted, they were game. They were young theater owners. They said, yeah, we're, we're into this. Let's try it. And we... We did it for one weekend, and then we kept doing it every year. And now it's a nationwide f- phenomenon, I'd say. There's, you look at all the different monster, monster chiller horror theater all night events that, that go around drive-ins. Right. They're thriving. Right. And uh, drive-ins are thriving, and, and these kind some, of events are a big deal now. Yeah. And then you got some that think they're the best because... They are uh, on TV. Woo! What? 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 Uh, the other drive-ins that think they that they originated 
showing uh, monster movies at the drive-in because they have a TV special of something that's about four or five years old to come on this month. Uh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that supposed to be like a comedy noise? <laughs> I don't know what the heck some... it is. I don't have, I'm in complete well, silence here. We're looking at uh, having <laughs> some of the best best weather this weekend too that we that we've actually that we've actually ever had, which is something that we're looking forward to. It's not that we've ever been really having any severe weather over the, over the years, but this year we're going to be very warm in the, in the mid 70s. And the high 50s at night, which is spectacular. And so going into some of these uh, monster ramas, which actually had like 40 degree weather at night, and you know it gets very damp out there in that field and the country. And uh, it's going to be nice this year to have uh, to have dry weather, and it's nice and warm. I'm looking at actually looking right now at the uh, forecast for Pittsburgh. 79 is a high on Friday, 56 in the evening, 76 on Saturday, 55 in the evening. And uh, that's beautiful. That's going to be so one of the best ones. very pleasant weather. Yeah, we're lucky that the summer is kind of carrying, even though summer right. officially ends, I think, is it this weekend or? Saturday. It actually ends Saturday during the Oh, okay. Our show. So we're yeah. like, we're on the cusp of summer <clears throat> ending, but, you know, you're going to get, right. you're going to get, still get, you know, uh, nice days going into October where it's still semi-warm and not really right. fall yet and that right. we got lucky with this time because we you know we're at, yeah. we're we're at the mercy of uh mother nature uh with this thing absolutely you absolutely. know it's an outdoor thing and it's rain or shine and you know we've had rain in the past we've had cold but we've always right. got through the weekend and we've always had people you know bear it out and have a good time no matter what but i'm right. sure they're Which a lot happier happen. when you don't have to worry about dampness or or Humidity right. or you know right. anything that's unpleasant. The more pleasant the weather, then the more happy everybody is, of course, including us. Absolutely. Yeah. Usually, so Friday, when it comes talk. to the show in uh, August, we don't have to worry about the weather. It's usually the other one in uh, March or is it May? I think it's called April, April Ghouls Monsterama, so it's April. Yeah, April. Yeah. <laughs> That way we usually, most people have to worry about freezing their butts off then. We were going to do a show in February, but we just couldn't, we didn't know how that <laughs> would work. So anyway, so let's, let's, let's talk about Friday. So Friday night, we have quite a lineup of movies. Um, the ultimate George, you want to kick it off? It's a Southern lineup. Double feature. <laughs> it's a Southern right. weekend. Right. Yeah, the ultimate drive-in double feature to start it off with. Um, uh, Blood like Feast. Why, why do you? I mean, that's a famous double feature, Steve. Right, Blood Feast. Yeah. And, and, and uh, 2000 So do you think we're we're uh, it's good that we're uh, you know kind of repeating history with that because that was the intention. We were going to do a whole H.G. Lewis night, but right. I'll get to that why we didn't in a minute. And then we just decided to, like, you know, Gina and I were talking about this. I'm like, let's just do the double feature. Let's do the, the two, the first two, because they work well in a drive-in. And, um, you know, it's not overkill. If you're not a, a big H.G. Lewis fan, you're still going to have other options that night. 
But it is a yeah. famous double feature because they did play together. And sometimes it was like a triple feature with Call Me Blood Red, which which was almost going to happen too. But like I said, we right. just decided to just keep it as a double feature. Well, I think you did it good because those two are really good ones. Uh, Blood Feast and 2000 Maniac. Right, right. They're fun. They're absolutely fun. They're very colorful. They're lurid. They're gory. They're they're the over print, the top. The, print, and... the prints are beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's probably yeah. his best work. Probably his best work, especially Blood Feast. If you had to choose one movie to show someone that, that sort of exhibits the what I, I mean, exhibits, is that the word I'm looking for? That's an example of, of exactly, his yeah. work. Yeah, that's exactly it. He was. I want to also shout out that he was from Pittsburgh. He was a burger as well. So that's an, yet another uh, contributor to the horror world from Pittsburgh, like Romero and some of the others. Uh, yeah, H. he was started a Pittsburgh. In, he so. was born in Pittsburgh, uh, moved to Georgia, and then because right. he wanted to make... Uh, Nudist camp films. He moved down to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a lot warmer down there, I'm sure. He. Um, yeah. I think this is also an anniversary year, George. This is not an anniversary year for some of his work. Absolutely. Well. This is the. Uh, it turns out, and and we we've uh, we've definitely, uh, you know, uh, played up to it that this is the 60th, the 60th anniversary of the release of Blood Feast. So we're doing, wow. I think we're the only ones. I guess the year is almost over. Amazing. This is like the official 60th anniversary amazing. screening of Blood Feast. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Totally yeah. amazing. Good stuff. So if you've never had an like Egyptian Feast come out on Friday night. <laughs> film is only a little bit over an hour, so it's, uh, you know, it's painless. Right. Very. It's good, clean, yeah. fun. Yeah, and 2000 Maniacs is just plain fun. Yeah, that's right. uh, that's the uh, now now you have the the southern angle for sure in that one. Yeah, definitely uh, pure pure bluegrass set in a southern town where uh, every hundred years a southern town who were massacred by uh, uh, the Yankees during the Civil War. Uh, uh, <laughs> celebrate the centennial of the battle. The, the Union the soldiers during the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, Union soldiers. <laughs> ah, I'm from down south, so we call y'all Yankees. Well, you people still think you you didn't win, you didn't lose too, so that's another one. Anyway. Now the smart ones know we lose. We just indulge the stupid ones so we can laugh at them. Yeah, go on, say stupid. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and there's a lot of nuances with that film. It's very, um, very uh, similar to other movies that, that, of the same nature. You know, there's a it's a mysterious town that pops up. There's did the kids really experience it? Did they didn't experience it? Um, you know, there's, it, it, both of these films are far more graphic than what we're usually showing, but it's the kind of gore that's extremely over the top, and, and it, it's pure exploitism. So it's the kind of thing that you see. I mean, I think they even, in the movie Serial Mom, they even exploited HG's work as being, you know, the kids were watching it in, in Serial Mom. Um, you know about yeah. how, how how extreme he was, and I think that's part of. You know, I, I met the man several times. I think George, did you meet HG as well? 
Oh, absolutely. I have. Uh, he yeah, was uh, sure. at the, one of the very first Chiller Theater shows, if not the first one, right. that I remember going to in New Jersey when it was, you know, basically an auditorium with a bunch of vendors and like maybe three right. or four guests, you know, but yeah, right. definitely. Right. Yeah. And he was a good guy. He had, he had a lot to say about a lot to say about um, about it. We talked about this in Roger Foley and show. Um, he he said that you know that the word of mouth actually is more successful than millions of dollars worth of advertising, and I think that's very true with a lot of these productions, including ours. Um, you know, we we've advertised a lot, but you know, our numbers have grown over the years from word of mouth. People are still finding out about it. I was out at. At, at two different events, two movie events, um, as I was telling George this past month, and ran into people wearing Monster Rama shirts. In fact, I was sitting next to folks in the screening of the movie Phantasm that were talking about coming to the drive-in next week, and uh, it, it, it's crazy. And it's just Monster Rama has become a, a word on the street, a word of mouth of people, and, and that's one of the reasons why the numbers actually actually have gone up, I think. I think it goes up every year because of that. I mean, it's always a revolving cast of new people. But HG, you know, said that you don't always have to do something new. You can just do something that people know you're good at. And, you know, when you make those kind of films that he made, these super exploitation gore films, that became a name associated with that, which is one of the things that brought people out to see his show. So these are very standard films that, that, you know, examples of his work. So it's a great... Great honor to to show these to people, especially those who are not familiar with his work. You know, and on here's the 16th anniversary. Funny. Guess who found H.G. Lewis kissing me St. Uh, Cloud Four to, to film 2000 Maniacs in? Who? William Gouffey. Interesting. And a lot of the crew that uh, Lewis used in uh, 2000 Maniacs was a lot of Graffay's crew from Florida. Yeah, there right. is there is definitely crossover uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And like I've always Bill, said, didn't Bill Kerwin uh, do films for for both uh, directors? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I'm 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 going to answer my own question because. He's uh, in the opening scenes in Impulse, so yeah, and which we we're showing. So we, you know, it's a crossover right there. I was like, people, people were not really like overly familiar with life. So I was gonna be like, isn't that the guy I saw in Blood Feast as the detective, and now he's playing uh, William Shatner's uh, in Impulse. He plays William Shatner as a kid, the guy that's having uh, an affair with his mother. So yeah. so yeah, so yeah, William oh. Like I'm just answering my own question. William Graffay also used Bill Kerwin. So yeah, that's another example of like a crossover between Bill, uh, right. William Graffay and H.G. Right. Lewis as directors shooting in Florida, because Bill Kerwin right. was the actor that was always in Florida exploitation movies. Right, sure was. You know, he did so many Absolutely. of them. He, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was. You know, you know, you, you, when you start seeing this kind of stuff, it, it's interesting because we always talk about you know, about these directors and about their, their genres in particular and the movies that they do. And then we start really looking into really dissecting, I think the word, I'm taking some strange words tonight, but we start picking apart, you know, what's, what is regional filmmaking? You know, it becomes a, a real discussion. 
And you can start lumping a lot of folks into regional filmmaking, that things are specifically for a certain region that was something big in that region, like the Wisconsin guy, like Bill Rebain. Um, there were so many, you know, and Steve, you brought this up a couple of days ago when you sent the link out to us about, you know, the Southern, the Southern um, you know, horror directors and writers and stuff, and especially around the Florida area. And uh, it's amazing the amount of stuff that was pumped out of that area back in, in the 70s, quite a bit. You know, you're looking at yeah, two, two, a lot of two, the two, Florida two directors guys. here in particular, right? Yeah. You know, so much a lot of, of the Florida guys Rafay like Rafay. Right. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm just saying. Really started because the drive-in owners in Florida would hire them to film their own movies. You know, right. film movies specifically for their drive-ins so they wouldn't have to pay a distributor. But then they right. would take their films once it played out in their drive-ins and they right. would take them to the sub-distributor and distribute them all over the South. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, didn't, didn't H.T. Lewis uh, distributed his own films? Uh, Dave Friedman? Yes. Yeah, that's how he met... Uh, yeah. Dave That's Friedman? how he met uh, Friedman, because he yeah. was trying to sell uh, his nudie film, his first one, and he couldn't sell it to nobody, but he knew that uh, Friedman had connections, so he went to Friedman, and thus the partnership started. Right. That was a great partnership. Dave Friedman was like your another really nice guy that I, that I met, and then just, you know, typical, like... Uh, you know, guy with this uh, producer who's holding a cigar, very like, you know, enthusiastic, and just another one right. that did all kinds of uh, exploitation movies. Sure, sure. sure. And uh, you know, right. these these were the one, the two H. G. Lewis, the two of the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so okay, that. Well, it's like you know, thing. like over the year. I mean, seventeen years or seventeen events that we've done this. Over the years, I mean, people have asked, like, would you show H.G. Lewis? Would you show H.G. Lewis? And I, at the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't know. Uh, you know, I had mixed feelings about it, but I realized, yeah, he is driving. He is driving. something that we talked about for a while. It was huh? inevitable. No, Gene was, like, uh, definitely uh, pushing well, for, for, for some H.G. Lewis, and he's totally right sure. in this. Yeah. Sure, you, because we've seen, we've seen September go in a very experimental direction, so... You know, for April uh, locks down pretty much what, you know, you get with, with the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, or just 80s in general films. That's the genre. I keep saying this is the most April Ghouls-like September month. Uh, because yeah, it's almost like an April. We've, uh, several of the films that we have on this program, and by several I mean exactly two, right, are – we're going to be shown at uh, the the April Ghouls that didn't happen because of uh, COVID. Right. When we had right. to we had to yeah. cancel sure. it. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Which was absolutely. I think 2020. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the spring of 2020. There's only one film about... from that you know lineup that that never happened that we haven't shown yet. So. You know, we're we're staying well, you know, true the to thing thing about, more. the thing about this is uh, is that this is also. You know, you sort of have a, you have the theme night going on on Saturday night, but this Friday night is other than the gore and stuff is very, you know, it's well, very. Uh, 
It's all over the place. It was a theme. There's cannibal. I call it cannibals. Which is what's exciting. Crazies and cannibals. That's the theme. Yeah, it's all over the place, and that's what's amazing about Uh, it. It's a day on the cannibal life for people who haven't seen one of the films. I think they know already. So let's segue to the second film, which is is Impulse here. And Impulse, and the showing, our screening of Impulse is an actually really big deal, and uh, this is something that, that George really brought to the table big time. So, George, go ahead. Tell us everything. Well, well when I found out that Grind, I, I learned that Grindhouse was, you know, Grindhouse releasing a company who, uh, you know, do distribution of uh, exploitation films. You know, they have a handful of of really good films that they that they, uh, you know, circulate at, at at theaters, which we've shown some of them in the past. But and they're also a Blu-ray company that do like really great special editions, and they take their time with them. So I'm sure you got you guys are familiar with them. I'm sure people listening are. But when I found sure. out that Impulse was going to be like a theatrical release, so the booker from Brian asked, like, you should consider this. And I'm like, you know, I actually am. And then that's when I said, you know what, I want to get Impulse in one of the, one of the nights. The nights, you know, instead of doing a whole H.G. Lewis night, I said, I'm going to break it up. I'm going to show, you know, the first Blood Feast and 2000, and 2000 Maniacs instead of an entire – Night of H.G. Lewis films because I want to get Impulse in there. So that's that's how I ended up getting booked in the third slot. And there's a great promotional campaign behind it. Brian House has been behind us all the way. They keep plugging our uh, our event. And this is actually the only drive-in theater that's showing that is showing Impulse. All the other places right. that's been playing around the United States have been uh, hard, you know, regular hardtop uh, cinemas. So I'm very proud that we're. So far, the only, the first and only driving is, you know, uh, getting onto this, uh, latching onto this re-release of this really wacky film with with, with William Shatner. Right. It's pretty yeah. indescribable, actually. But, you know, when you, when you see it, when you what see are your it, you realize of, how it's Have you tuned, seen Impulse, Steve? No. Have you seen Impulse? It's always been a pretty hard-to-see film from Graffay. It's one of the few films left of his that still have prints left that wasn't in the William Graffay's which is collection. Yeah, yeah well this this film is, uh Grindhouse had to use like the best prints possible to make this new four K D C P which they also used the same transfer for a Blu ray and because like all the prints were were, were, were faded and, and it it did get out there in like budget VHS and even budget DVD over the years, but I don't even know how legit those were or how many people saw them. So this really is an obscurity for a lot of people uh, until this Grindhouse releasing re-release on Blu-ray and now the theatrical uh, run of it. And a beautiful version of it, too. I mean, it says that there is, as always, you know, when you get these movies, it always says, you know, uh, reproduced from the greatest, the best... um, you know the best uh, elements. Source. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the sources really are really. It's good. almost like yeah. They some of these companies they're they're so they're so humble and they they do such good work, but they they feel like a need that you know like we got to apologize that this isn't like the most pristine. But then you then you watch it like this looks great. What are you talking about? You know, we we didn't right. even expect it to look this good. So you know you know shout out to Grindhouse for doing 
the impulse just that they did is, is just terrific. And, uh, you know, if you want to own the film, you know, Grindhouse Releasing is selling the special edition. Plus, we're going to have a copy in our uh, raffle basket, which we'll talk about later. But right. that also yeah. that package also includes a, a, a uh, autograph of the director, uh, William uh, William Griffey. So that's, that's yeah, pretty special. Yeah, and also... Also, uh, Bill Van Ryn, who does Groovy Doom, Driving Asylum, who's always worked alongside of us, kind of like a sister project or whatever, uh, to our work. We've always been, uh, you know, interchangeable here. We do things with Bill and vice versa. Bill did the, uh, did the, um, the uh, one of the extras, a collection of different ads and stuff. Yes. So you know, newspaper this, ads, this for, an and they were, and that they're right. they're fantastic. It's, it's such cool to see what like it played with, and it was playing like right. it's a it's a 1974 release. I think it was shot in '73, but it seems like it was mostly, you know, playing pr- primarily in 1975, and right. um, you know, you could see like his, from the ads that he's collected for this. Um, you know, it played a, it definitely played a lot of drive-ins back in the day, and it was a lot of different double features. Right, like, right. But one of one of my the, the the best one, the best ad that he got, in my opinion, because it's just hysterical. It says something like the the captain of the Enterprise meets the devil woman of Rosemary's Baby. So yes. the, the captain yeah. of the Enterprise, when he was shouting it, but it's like, what are you talking about the the devil lady of Rosemary's Baby? Then I realized they mixed the actress Ruth Roman up. Uh, with Ruth Gordon from from yeah. from uh, Rosemary's Baby, right. but it's Ruth Gordon that's the impulse. It's like it just shows how like local yokels put these ads together. And they didn't they didn't even know what they were talking about, but it's funny, you know. And Ruth Roman was actually the crazy mother from the baby, wasn't she? So she sort of had yeah. The, a... the baby is her, you know, exploitation, you know, finest hour. That that movie. Yeah, she is, had her. She had her yeah. whole career before that too. She was an older. An aged uh, Hollywood actress that kind of went into hag exploitation on some level. Yeah, hag exploitation. Yeah, you know. She was. When right, you look yeah. back, they really weren't that old at the time. She was probably only in her forties, no, but you know, no, back then no, it was like you were. No. Yeah, you could you could only be a character actress at no. a certain age. It it just shows how times have changed. Now, like you know, Kate Beckinsale is like fifty. And, you know, she's still uh, you know. She's still a glamorous Perfect. leading lady. I'm just saying, it just shows you how time changes. But yeah, yeah Ruth Roman yeah. Uh, was in. I think she was in Hitchcock's uh, Strangers on a Train. That was well, one of her more. Yes. So she was a '50s leading lady, and then she went. She became a, a character actress. And we we're actually showing another one of the movies she's in on Saturday night. So we're bookended right. with Ruth Roman movies uh, that next weekend. Yeah, it's amazing how much how many films always have crossover aspects. And what's funny is that this uh, uh, Buffet did as many movies as he did, but he was based in Florida and pretty much never has left Florida. Right. Well, Even the studios like Live in West die, Let Die, when they went down well, you know, there, right. they uh, used the wheels of... Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the Brady Bunch. That damn Alice. <laughs> but anyway, but, uh, listen, before we talk about the last film, which I'm very passionate about, I wanted to mention with the William Griffey's box set, you know, my two favorite 
films by him are Sting of Death and, and Death Curse of Tartu. <laughs> Those are my two absolute favorites. And Death Curse of Tartu was a film that was like a regular, all the time being screened constantly, um, you know, here on Chiller Theater and stuff. It was it which, was always it was always yeah, around. which which so. we can show, but I just don't I just don't want audience to run in audiences to run in the different direction. But yeah, exactly. You know, they are they are colorful. Was, you know, but I Steve, what is your uh, what is <laughs> Steve Steve? What so. is your uh, view of Impulse? Oh, it's it's one of uh, Griffey's better films. I mean, do you think it works well in a driving? Because I I when I when yeah. I rewatched yeah. it, Any I'm like of, I'm like very happy Any that of, that we booked this. And it's yes. mostly Shatner's overacting, and his just larger than life persona, and 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 the little and the uh, and the uh, and the supporting cast. It's just him working off like Harold Sakata and Ruth Roman, and 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 the little girl that plays uh, his uh, girlfriend's uh, daughter. Yeah, <laughs> Jennifer Bishop is and the actress that plays his girlfriend. Stories about on the set how this was during. Uh, Shatner's period in between Star Trek and his comeback in the late 70s with uh, Kingdom of the Spiders and Star Trek, the motion picture, that he was just going around going, I used to be famous, you know. Well, he also did The Devil's Reign. There was, there was, there were, there was, you know, there was some, I think there were some TV movies in there, too. He was, when Shatner was not. Shatner, Shatner, I think that's a. That's a misconception. I said this before. Shatner did have some, you know, he did supposedly hit a tough road after Star Trek was canceled, where he was he was getting over a divorce and you know he was like you know struggling a bit to to, to keep, you know keep his his kids you know fed and and uh, and uh, you know so he was struggling a, a bit, but I think you know. Being being who he who he is, he got work pretty quick. I mean, he did do a lot of commercials and and he was always working, Absolutely. you know. And he did a lot of TV right. and yeah. And uh, but yeah, but this is right. one of the one of the earlier features that he did after you know that late '60s Star Trek era. But like Gene was saying, like he did the Devil's Ring. He actually had a uh, he had a, a couple of TV. Well, he had like he had a show. Yeah, uh, horror. It, it was a, it was a he had Barbary Coast in. Uh, Mid seventies, right. which but it didn't do well with um, Doug McClure, who is in one of the films we're showing this weekend too. But but what I'm trying to say is he was always working and 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 he was always doing the the game shows and stuff like Match Game. So yeah, you know he that. was always he, 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 was, he never stopped he working. So yeah, yeah, and don't forget he was in one of the biggest driving hits of the seventies, Big Bad Mama, with Andy Dickinson. That's right. That is absolutely right, and that is a, that is a great one. And him and Tom yep. Skerritt also did the Devil's Rain together about a year after right. that. And, uh, right. And that, yeah, and, but Shatner was, was like Shatner was definitely he was definitely a driving king at one point because yeah, the Devil's Rain, uh, Big Bad Mama, like you said, King of the Spiders, which is absolutely terrific. Um, right. And several right. others. We we're gonna show some. Uh, we have some some really fun. Shiner trailers Trailer. from that era right. that are going to show before the uh, the screening of Impulse yeah. on uh, Friday night. So yep. get ready for that. It's going to be fun. It's Shatnastic or Shatnastic. Yep. 
Shat Nasik, yeah. So yeah. Friday night Friday night ends with uh, my favorite of the evening, uh, you know, which we, I've been waiting for for years at the drive-in. Um, the amazing shriek of the mutilated, which is, which is which is a a very dear film to my to my heart, um, to the point that I've actually gone to the filming locations and stuff and taken pictures. Um, I have an obsession with that movie because I started watching it on Schiller Theater when I was a kid, um, and it kind of has a shocking ending. But it's such a it's such a goofy exploitation film just the quality of it everything that is just something that defines a genre and it's something you have to see so you know try to stay up late don't miss it um it's I'm a beautiful remastered remastered it's the only movie that you're ever going to see a indian speak with a new york accent correct very possibly <laughs> right. God bless. Well, this is—I'll tell you something. Shriek of the Mutilated, like Gene was saying, he—he's been. This is like one of his personal uh, favorites that he's been wanting to see. I've been wanting to sh- show it. I think it's—you know—a lot of people mention this movie, but like we had to again. It's like we waited for the time to be right because uh, there wasn't right. much out there. You know, we had. You know, prints, but they were probably faded and missing stuff. And, and they were very incomplete too. There were multiple. Yeah, prints yeah. There's out always there. like People stuff missing from like different prints. Fan prints so, and stuff, right? Yeah. So a new and 4K DCP was made, and it's like, well, I think the time is right. We got to show this now. And don't let it. <laughs> oh, just because it's in the the quote unquote asshole slot, last movie of the night. That no, don't let no, that, definitely uh, not. Don't let it's that. A great uh, film. Now, don't let that hinder you because it's worth staying up for, and I'm I, I'm looking does, uh, forward to being at the last room from the night. Have, uh, does the 4K print finally have popcorn added back into it? Yes. yes. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, there was uh, I think uh, Retro Media released the DVD in. early on, and they had they couldn't clear the rights to that, so they no, had to refused, take it out. He, he but yeah, it's restored now. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and it it is restored. And for those that don't have any idea what we're talking about, hot buttered popcorn was this uh, actually one of the very first techno songs ever written. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it a song big. called it's called Popcorn. The group was called Hot Butter. They were like a, they butter, were a one hit right? wonder. This was a this was like a top ten or top twenty hit in nineteen seventy two. It was huge. It was yeah. huge, huge, yeah. huge, huge, and. Uh, how it ended up in this movie, I have no idea because it, it must have been before the days of licensing. Um, it just ended up in the movie, and uh, it, well, it's featured in the film. Remember, I, think they, uh, I think they did have to get permission and everything, and I don't know how much they did paid. They really? But Back in the day? Yeah, they did because it's credited in the credits and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. there might be a story right. about it on the on the Blu-rays extra, but I don't I don't right. remember. But I think they did license it officially. It wasn't like they could just. I don't think they were, you know, but like yeah. the rest of the, as far as music is concerned, they didn't have a, a composer. So they used all classical musical pieces, which right. is public domain because they couldn't afford a composer. Right. And I think it right. works. I think that works great for some reason. It's just very haunting to hear this like weird. It's almost like the juxtaposition between that. So what's going on in the movie and the classical uh, music is. Just there's something about it that just makes it much more, uh, I don't know, it's eerie. Just a weird, and, 
Yeah. It's a very weird feel-good film. It has so much going on, and a little bit of of what the plot is about here is there's a uh, college professor takes these kids on this expedition to this supposed remote island. Uh, In reality, they drove across the bridge in Croton on Hudson and uh, up above Manhattan in the area around Hudson Valley area around Sleepy Hollow, Terrytown. There's a huge reservoir up there and a big bridge that goes across it. And uh, that sort of doubles as the the bridge to the island. So the concept is that I think it actually takes place in Hudson Bay or something, is what what they they said. And and they go on this expedition to find this Yeti, and supposedly there is a Yeti there. And then, you know, slowly the kids are getting killed. People are disappearing one by one. And it it unfolds into this outrageously cuckoo plot. (laughs) It's It's the end of the movie. You're just like, what the fuck did I just watch? And but it, but, it, but it's very tongue in cheek and very appropriate for a good chiller 1970s horror film. It was it's it's just it's it's delicious is what it is. And for me, it's and, sort of a feel good uh, movie. You know, it's yeah. a total feel good. Oh God, film, yeah. You, know? you throw it and in, and the so cuckoo good. plot comes from this is from a review. Uh, interview I read with the Amaros, one of the major props in the movie, well, let's just say it turned out to be a little bit shoddier than uh, they expected. And they were like, what are we going to do? We can't afford to get another one. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Roberta said, well, let's work it in. We'll change the whole plot of the third act to make sure that... We can say that this shoddy prop was on purpose. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get what I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I can kind of see that. There is, there is a connection anyway. with it. There is a connection to this movie, believe it or not, even though it was shot in New York, to the southern aspect and floor in the Florida aspect because the actress that's in there, Jennifer Stock also starred in God's Bloody Acre, which was a Florida shot movie with Bill Kerwin. So yeah, everything actually links yeah. up in some strange way. On and Friday this night. was that, that a major a hit at Siren Drive-Ins during uh, its time. Shriek was? Yeah. It's for, yeah. Shriek, Shriek of the Mutilated? Well, for sure, it's a good drive-in film. And and the same folks that brought you that bring you that movie also bring you the five movie invasion of the blood farmers, which is also has a nice four K. So that's another great film. It doesn't yeah, quite Ed, Ed, Ed yeah. It's filmed in the same exact area and everything, same style, same music. In fact, I think um, this is uh this is from the this is actually this one yeah. freak is from the the Finleys. So this was directed by the late William Finley who uh, right. tragically yeah. died in a helicopter accident a few years, about, well, it's about three years after it was released. I still think, this yeah. was released in 74, but I think, I think it was shot a few years earlier. I really, I mean, oh, I've I never, too. I, have, I, think, yeah. I think on the cusp of the 70s, 71 or 72. Exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, it I sat think so. around for a while. Yeah. It always struck me as a film that sat around for a while. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So good stuff. Um, so let's talk about the Saturday experience. What, what, what do we have on Saturday? Okay, well, we'll that's great. Saturday with uh, 
uh, two William Girdler class, well, Saturday is basically two William Girdler classics and two uh, Roger Corman factory classics. That's correct. And we mix it up. See, notice we didn't show the, the Girdler movies together. Yeah, it's like uh, Corman, Girdler, Corman, Girdler. Yeah, well, okay. I'll keep you on. Yeah, because I just, you know, wanted to mix it up a bit. The Humanoids right. from the Deep, this is, one, this is one of the ones that we had uh, scheduled to play uh, at April Ghoul's Driving Monster Rama in 2020, which never happened because it was uh, canceled because of COVID. And I'm, I'm very happy to bring this one back. This one is pure exploitation. I'm sure Steve knows all the, the backstory behind this one. And James yeah. Horner's beautiful soundtrack, which is what I always bring up. Oh, yeah. James, James Horner's haunting soundtrack is one of the greatest parts of this movie. Absolutely. And Barbara Definitely. Peters' great direction in the scenes that she directed. Right. And right. Well, yeah, that's a controversy yeah. right there. Barbara it, it Peters. Was a film that, it was a film that was secretly edited behind the actors' backs. To be something completely different, and uh, you know, Roger Corman yeah. felt it needed to be a little more violent and a little more bloody, so that's what happened. But it's a great ecological thriller. I mean, it's just, it's another story that's about nature gone crazy and, uh, and and you know, human pollution and what 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 can be the result of it. You know, that's that's basically what happens. Well, uh, whatever so. you want to say about the sensationalism of the of the beefed up scenes. You know, the combination of that with, you know, a good good name cast that includes Vic Morrow and Doug McClure and right. Andy Patel. Sure. The combination of that with with the scenes and the and the like eight, only eighty minute running time, this is a roller coaster ride of a of an exploitation yeah, monster film. movie. It's a good film. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. And it's kind it's of an end of an beautiful. era because I think yep. after this film came out things well you know, well not not totally, but you know, it seemed like horror cinema got more, more, um, Flasher I don't know. They, it got Daddy. more, it got more like comical and, and not as, uh, right. Shall I say nasty? I mean, nasty as far as like, just, you know, like we're going to, we're going to like, you know, you know, really give it to you. We're going to give you something to be, like scream, like Roger Corman's, uh, screamers, which is an Italian film that he picked right. up. The Island of the Fishman. That's another one. It's just, you know, it's just pure and, exploitation. And, and you know what else I, th- yeah. I think of? I also think of Without Warning from that time period as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Without Warning is like an end of... Because they're like in the early... Seven, I mean, late 70s, early 80s cusp where it's like... Right. Yeah, you have films like that and then then you get into the more goofier, you even know... Fa- uh, even Phantasm kind of fits into that whole... Into yeah, it does. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. What yeah, you funny know, it's, it's about... Without warning, is this such a predator ripoff? They even hired the same actor to play the monster in Without Warning. Okay, but the only thing is that ha- that happened before. I know it yeah, happened with- first. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's about seven years exactly. different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Without warning is another one I'd like to bring to the driving one of these humanoids yes. in the deep is all of those. Creature from the Black Lagoon ripoffs in the fifties, except this, except in this film, the creature from the Black Lagoon scores. 
So it's basically well, what all of us fans who felt bad for the creature in the 50s was waiting for. Well, these, I, think these you, I think that's a, I think that's like a, you're a, you're you're a paraphrasing something because I've read that somewhere before. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what else too, Chris. I believe Chris Wales is responsible for the monster designs in this, and and the monster designs are very unique in this movie. They have these weird long arms that kind of drag like prehistoric ape men or something, and these real round fish heads. They're you know, and, yeah. and these brains. I mean, it's it's really a pretty pretty. I would call them. I would describe them as, as very ambitious. Yeah, extremely. They, they, there's some work done on these things. You, this yeah, is no, this is the, the days of uh, rubber rubber suit monsters, and 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 it's just it's very well done. The the fact that they are rubber suit mon- monsters, the organic quality to that, as opposed to like CGI, which would be like, you know, the the, the norm a few years later, makes this even more special. And it just works because they're really the nasty. They really look nasty, and they're scary. The part where they like do the home invasion and the you know of course during the salmon festival yeah, the when they the go guy, the guy having half of his face ripped off in the surf. What yeah. for that on the big screen? I mean it, it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty disgusting stuff really. Well that's yeah. why that's why it's the lead film on on Saturday for all the yeah, reasons perfect. we describe and we shamelessly yep. dis- and we shame shamelessly you know are proud of it because it's a, it's a. It's pure exploitation. It's a fun monster movie, but it's pure exploitation, and you know it belongs on with Monsterama. It belongs as part of this yeah. show, and I'm 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 happy that it's Absolutely. an opening movie. Agree. And next is what I call the two best Jaws exploitation movies ever made. And uh, right. Grizzly is just better, uh, two hundred times better. Then it has any right to be. Yeah, well, it's too it's bad Cocaine Bear is. It's too bad Cocaine Bear is forgotten because we could have harped on the, on the, uh, right. you know, on that trail, on that the tail of that, I should say. But like, you know, that movie was popular a few months ago, and now everybody's forgotten it. So if yeah. we had shown right. this, right. if we had shown this at the Riverside when Cocaine Bear was still, people were still talking about it. You know, they might be more curious, but now it's just we're showing Grizzly and that's that. Well, and, it, so, and, 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 and so, and, you know, Grizzly does want to be the Jaws on land sort of thing with a grizzly bear, but it's actually a very well-filmed and not a bad-acted film or anything. It's actually a pretty decent production. I just sat through Grizzly 1, well, Grizzly and Grizzly 2, which was a nightmare, a lost film that was thrown together. Uh, it's really terrible. It's out there. It's available, I think, on Paramount+. Plus. I had heard about it for years, yeah. and we found a copy of it and watched it. But listen, here's the thing I want to mention. The way these movies flow on this Saturday night was that, you know, Piranha and Humanoids were always kind of back-to-back in the 2020 thing, and everybody loves to watch in their homes or wherever Grizzly back-to-back with Day of the Animals. So these are kind of companion piece films that all flow together here. They just happen to be, um, uh, you know, they just happen to be uh, sort of um, split up a little bit there, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, that was intentional. I mean, we could have showed Grizzly and Danny Adams back-to-back, but um, I think it mixed it up a little bit. 
because there are similar. I'm not gonna. Right. I'm not gonna say there aren't similarities. They're definitely similar. They're very different films. But there's Christopher George. There's Wilderness. Right. right. You know, and they they are there are similarities. So like, let's do something with the with the with you know monsters from the sea. Then we have you know monster in the in right. the wilderness. Right. Then we have monsters in the sea again, and back to the wilderness. It's a whole you know. Yeah, like I said, and we we saw these pieces. kind of films before. We've shown frogs. We've shown um. Empire of the Ants, we've shown Food of the Gods very early on. And right. these films, these kind of these kind of Nature Strikes Back movies always work well with the drive-in. I mean, you could definitely say that they were made for the drive-in because these things made in the 70s, they were made, they were exploitation movies made for the drive-in and the Nature Strikes Back. I agree 100% yeah. on that one. Yeah. Absolutely. And they used to play on bills with all kinds of, you know, not necessarily... Another Nature Strikes Back, but you would have like Food of the Gods with Squirm and that kind of thing, and then maybe The Devil Within Her. Like they'd mix it up, but but long story short, these things, you know, these Nature Strikes Back movies were made for the driving. So they, this is again, it goes with this whole weekend. I think we're bringing back a lot of traditional fun things that yep, that yep, you know, themes. a lot, a lot, of, a lot of fun themes. That yeah, were that were popular back in the day and. You know, you're going to get a real experience with this weekend. I'm, you know, and I'm not saying it's only because I booked all the movies. Right. And up next is Piranha with 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 uh, quite a few actors actually, and and uh, yeah, a really, Nick Miller, a really, Paul a really Bartel. important director too. Brad Dillman. Yeah. Barbara Steele. Uh, Heather Barbara Steele. Richard Deacon. Yep. Yeah. He didn't win. Rutherford's father himself. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, quite a few people. What is it? Heather Mills, right? Uh, the Paul Bartel, who is yeah, uh, married to Robert Urich. The great what's the what's the actress's name from? Uh, is it Heather? From uh, from from. Logan's from on the TV series. Jenny Gutter. Huh? No, that's the movie. Logan, no, one of the look, movie. Hold, hold on. Heather Menzies was... was he- Heather was Menzies. Logan. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said Heather Mills. Yes. Right. She was great. You know, she was great. Yeah. She used to be on the Logan's Run uh, TV series, so I had a crush on her right. as a kid. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What's funny is when Joe Dante was making uh, Piranha... Uh, the studio Universal was who made Jaws was threatening to sue them, and then uh, Spielberg watched Piranha and he's like, "No, this movie's actually good, and it is a ripping off Jaws. Let's put, let's just let it go on out, you know." I I like the original Piranha film, and I also like the uh, I actually like the the. Um, the sequel Piranha too, as cheesy as it is, I'm a big fan of that movie as well. So, James Cameron. Piranha is beautiful on a big screen, so that's something that's going to be. It's another first time shown, not to be missed production for sure. And it's um, freaking hilarious. There's no way around it. It's freaking hilarious. And I didn't find the, it this really was the funny. other one that was supposed to be shown in 2020. The, the one we had to right. cancel because of COVID. I didn't yeah, really so. think it was that funny. I didn't find the movie that funny, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not 
I don't think it's scary or anything, but I didn't find it particularly funny. I just thought it was No, a, I it mean was a good comedy, like uh, Exploit, exploitation. You, uh, it's, got of, of, it's got a lot of comic kind of relief. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah, like, uh, that's the way he makes kind of things. Nick movies, Miller right. and his second in command with them always fighting with each other. He's like, right. sir, the piranha. And he's like, I thought I told you not to say the P word. Right, right, exactly. Well, and it, you know, it, it is very similar to Jaws in a lot of ways with, with uh, you know, with the denial of the shark or, or the fish being in being in the water and, you know, it being yeah. a, a resort uh, and people being killed. But, yeah, it's still and, a beautiful uh, film. It's a good film. If you, uh, uh, if you have it on Blu-ray, next time that they have the scene where Paul Bartel jumps up out of his bed when he gets the phone call, pause it and look at the newspaper he was reading. You'll see some very hilarious uh, headlines on it. That's not something like, I even uh, noticed, but now, I definitely will. Yeah. Now, it's, uh, Steve, one uh, of them says, woman kills husband and puts him in freezer and decides he would make a good snack. Nice. Huge. <laughs> now, Steve, <laughs> Steve, yeah, you know, I know you have a lot of knowledge in, 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 in trivia with this stuff. Was there, wasn't there some, like, original casting choices for Piranha that didn't happen for whatever reason? Yeah, or, uh, the guy who starred in Colossus, the For Forbin Project. Uh, right, right, right. Um, Victor uh, Eric Braden. Eric Braden. Eric yeah. Braden. Was he, yeah, was supposed to was play. He was supposed to play Brad Pitt's part. Was right. he supposed to? He was supposed and to be Brad Pitt's part. When Crazy. you see uh, the main guy pushing the raft, yeah. that is a shot of Eric Braden that they kept it kept. Huh. Okay. So Eric Braden was going to play with the role that Bradford Dillman got. Is that right? Yeah, Bradford Dillman. And they were both they were both in Escape from the Planet of the Apes together. So there you go. There's some trivia for you. Very weird. All right. Let's let's wrap up the reviews so we can talk a little about about before Steve kicks us off about the actual festivities. We don't have to go. Yeah, you're gonna keep us for a while. You're gonna pull pull the plug. Yeah, keep us for a while because we still got so much to talk about. Good. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I'm DVRing Halloween Wars, so we can this can wait. So I that can wait. Yeah. Uh, I I am. Day of the Animals, a girdler sort of companion piece to uh, Grizzly, and it's the only film where you're gonna see Leslie. Bare-handed. Right. Anybody want to? Well, comment well, we on played that? we played up the fact that Leslie Nielsen is in this uh, in the trailer that 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 uh, that was made for this for the event because uh, you know we we want more mainstream audience to realize that you know hey you know Leslie Nielsen did a lot of stuff before. Uh, Naked right. gun and all that, you know, an airplane. So yeah, right. And he is he is on he it, is wild in this one. He's not a nice guy. Let's put it that way. Definitely not. It's like That's sort what... of the ozone drives him crazy, and he starts. He was a serious dramatic actor before uh, Airplane and the Naked Disaster series came. Absolutely. Right. I mean. 
That's why his casting in that kind of stuff uh, by the Zucker brothers was like so brilliant because, right. you know, they're playing against type and it's just like comically, it's brilliant. So when right. he did Airplane, right. if we, and well, you know, Airplane was the, the first one that he did that, that in that vein. And it's just absolutely brilliant because he was so seriously, he was so serious and he, he, he seemed to take himself serious, but you know, he was just, he's just another gem of an actor all around, whether, whether he was doing drama or TV movies or, or comedy, yeah, don't he was just great. He ended up, yeah. he also appeared in, uh, appeared in Creep Show too, in one of the segments from That's the original right. Creep that Show was, as well. That was after Airplane and, and during right. the time of the Police Squad TV series, so. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the best, I can hold one of the best things he did. For a long time. Yeah. <laughs> And he did that '60s movie where, uh, what was that? What was that uh, TV movie? It was supposed to be a TV movie, but they, they played in theaters where he was a detective. Oh God, what the hell was the name of that movie? I don't, I don't remember that. It's a black and white movie from the '60s, and Steve, you must know it. I'm drawing a blank. I I'll guess take I'll it look with. it up. I don't remember it at all. Yeah. Yeah, look it up because I'm drawing the blank too. Oh, I keep thinking it's of TV short. Movies. It's very short. It's like an hour. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think it played on a double bill with the Night Walker, the Barbara Stanwyck movie. Yeah, okay, I'm looking. And it's got it's got like this like this monster. It's a period piece, but it's black and white. And the monster is played by a Warner Crumpler from uh, Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what else? We for, we forgot to mention that he was in uh, he was in Poseidon Adventure, but he didn't last very long in Poseidon Adventure. No, he didn't. No, he yeah, didn't. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot about that. That was well, always Irwin Allen's style to get like a whole bunch of stars in the movie and then start killing them off randomly, so you don't know who you're supposed to follow as the hero character. <laughs> Well, I think well, the, I think that the, the thing with ensemble cast back in the day, he was doing a lot of ensemble casts, and you don't see those in movies today the way that that was happening with the Irwin Allen films and such. And you know, he was one of the people that was on there, you know. Well, that's like that goes back to what the William Gardler film star, you know, like because he was trying to do the same thing, especially with Day of the Animals. I mean, granted, it's it might be considered more of a B ensemble cast. But it is right. it is kind of an all it's it's an all star cast nonetheless. You know he, he's got yeah, dark, uh, it was Dark Intruder. That's what I thought it was. Dark Intruder. That's, that's it. Yes, Dark Intruder. I'm well, sorry, I drew blank on that one. Uh, yeah, uh, wasn't that the Gardner, it, was, it, was it definitely has. To, I mean, it was supposed uh, to be a TV Bradley, pilot, I think, and it failed. Yes, it was, but it was released in theaters. Universal released it on a double bill with the. With the uh, Night Walker with uh, Barbara Stanwyck, yeah. Right, yeah, right. I mean, but it's a good film. It's really good. Uh, in Grizzly, that is like a B-level great uh, cast of greatness. Christopher George, Andrew Prine. Richard Jackal. Yeah, Jackal. Richard Jacob, Jackal, whatever. But, Richard Jackal yeah, and Hyde, I yeah. I mean, that's like a, like a B-movie drive-in all-star A-list cast in Grizzly. Yeah, Same with Day of the Animals, too. Yeah, Day of the Animals. Except, uh, 
except the day of the animals has an otter set up, but it's like the ozone's going bad. This group of people go up on the ozone, and animals start kicking their butt for no reason. Well, there is a reason. They've, they've lost their mind. Yeah. yeah. So, it, I believe I believe it's the ozone layer being gone, and it's, it's the sun's rays that are coming through that's causing the animals to go crazy. So that's kind of the reason why, right there. You know. Uh, they don't need an explanation. Uh, no, they really don't. You're right. That's for sure. That. Yeah, so it's a fun film. It's a great way to end end uh, a night of animals out of control. Absolutely, uh, Day of the Animals is another final feature of the evening, which is something that really absolutely should not be missed. It's another great film. So, you know, you, yeah. you're looking at all the movies this entire weekend. There's just so many different types. They're so good for so many reasons. It's really hard to pick out the one yeah. you would think would be the best one for the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. Well, for me, the most fun is uh, 2000 Maniacs, Grizzly, and Shrink is Mutilated. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm partial to Shriek, of course, because I'm a big fan of that movie. But, I mean, there's just so much... So much good coming out of this on this whole experience. We, we 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 have such a great selection. It's so diverse. And it's something that there's something there for everybody at the show, and that's what I like about the show. You know, it's a real it's a really feel good September weekend with, with such a large variety of different films. It's going to appeal to like everybody. There's something in there for everyone, everybody. You know. That's a good thing. I would hope so. Especially if you I like psychotronics and driving the horror science fiction. Yeah, right. for sure. This is uh You know what to mention uh, too, Riverside has uh has a nice uh collection of uh of food coming up this time again as well. Um definitely. Uh it's listed on the, 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 the uh the page. Make sure that you know you come by our Don't they our have a funnel plate a funnel cake flight? I believe so, yeah. Is it a pumpkin funnel yeah, cake? Yeah, you would like that, here? Steve. Funnel cake flight. Right. Mm. For sure. Which yeah, means, you know, you try a different, yeah. Varieties of, you know, varieties of different soups and chili stuff. It's going to be the uh, pizza, of course. Didn't um, they say something about uh, funnel cake uh, sampler pack? Yeah, that's the flight. Yeah, it's called a flight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It's like flight. They, that's an expression used uh, for like. It's mostly used for, I guess, wine and and drinks when you have like right. different tastings. So I think that was right. kind of like. I think that was a cool idea that they they call it that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's nice. It's gonna be, it's gonna be some good stuff there too. So, and uh, we have uh, coming back to vend. We'll have creepy classics. Uh, selling their usual movies and shirts, and then we have Richie from um, Monster Mart back, and he's going to be doing some really nice uh, plates for your car. Um, they're already looking like they're going to sell like crazy. In fact, the interest yeah, well, that's what go license plates for decoration. Don't put them on your car as yeah. your license because you'll you'll get you'll probably get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, he'll yeah. be doing some other stuff. The uh, the young old comic's going to be there. <laughs> no, he's not. How will you know um, we'll if the unknown comic will be there? Well, Landers we're pretty much sold out of shirts. We have some shirts from the April show show, show that will be available and we'll have a few shirts for sale for this, from this show, but the majority of the shirts for this show are gone. They sold out online. There's really nothing left. I mean, it was an overwhelming yeah. response. Well, Those are the folks that are going to get shirts and people that come and think they're going to buy them there are not going to get them this year, so it's not going to happen um, yeah. because they sold out. So also I want to mention, too. Well, the Grizzly, um, well, the grizzly poster, as is, is one of the best images to have on the shirt. That is just cool. Absolutely, that's and that was like designed. The centerpiece. That's a good point. And that was designed by Bill Van Ren again. He did a great job. And then the trailer was done by Lance Parkin. He was a local Pittsburgh director. Shout out to him for his being part of the family and helping us out as always. Um, And, of course, I wanted to get this in here because George has quite a bit to say about it. George has put together another spectacular uh, raffle basket. Gosh, uh, yeah. Go for it, George. What happens with the raffle basket? Well, it's like the, every time we gotta, I gotta do a raffle basket, and I have to do a raffle basket because I'm told I have to do a raffle basket. Uh, yeah, I, it's like you know, I'll be sometimes I'll be scrambling for an idea, and I didn't know what to do, and I'm like, you know, it just kind of came together. I'm like, well, let me just kind of you know look at the films we're showing and just do stuff based off the. So you know, you got impulse with William Shatner. So like, all right. Let me do some, you know, there's got to be some Shatner fans out there, even though it's not exactly horror. But So we have some Shatner Amigo figures. We got a Shatner autograph. And I guess we could also include uh, the Impulse Deluxe uh, Edition from Grindhouse releasing is in there, too, starring yeah. him, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I even, I even managed to get a hold of, because uh, Harold Ajab Sakata, our job being his, his nickname from the, the James Bond film Goldfinger, uh, I found a authentic uh, our job figure from the 60s in the original wow. packaging in really nice shape. So that that's going in there. And then we got some Blu-rays. And then there's this really elaborate, uh, uh, well, not elaborate, but, you know, yeah, pretty cool kind of diorama setup of, of – of the you know animal yeah, it's an original it's a George monsters. original it's gorgeous yeah mm-hmm. I mean we got to, like a little piranha in there and uh, a grizzly bear and uh, a yeti and uh, and and a cheetah or yeah I just think it's a cheetah from uh, like you know to represent day of the animal so yeah it's a, a nice thing there's pictures of it on the, on the community page if you want to take a look absolutely and uh, like I said the like we always do these. The the, the, the the proceeds for this basket raffle, they're a dollar a ticket and then 25 uh, chances for $20. Uh, we'll be uh, selling the, the raffle tickets both Friday and Saturday, and then the, the one lucky winner will be announced before the start of the movies on Saturday night. And all the proceeds yeah. do go back to the, uh, to the, to to the, the, to the booking itself, of the yeah. film. So we have, you know, I hope, uh, I hope it does pretty well because April... There's some pretty big plan. April's going to be pretty, pretty. I would say, definitely uh, big and and 
unique. We have yeah, some, I agree we have with a that. Lot of, you know, sure. There's a lot of good plans for there's a lot of big plans for April. So uh Yep. This will all go to help Definitely. out with the April show. And uh you didn't mention what I consider the biggest part of that box set, which is the fifty dollars uh H G Lewis set. Which has every well, one of his movies on except for uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got basically like eighty dollars worth of Blu-rays, counting the other one that you got. Uh, just go from there, people. Spend all the money, you know. So don't be afraid to buy like five, three to five dollars in tickets because it's going to be worth it. Yes, spend it. Spend the whole five dollars. You'll get five dollars. Oh, I know. There's always this more than one. That one guy like about like twenty dollars one year. I was there for the box set. It was like the magic yeah, ticket we, we he got also, was taller than him. I, I have news for you. Sometimes people buy sixty dollars worth of tickets. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? The most value, one of the most valuable things about tour is, is the, the buy one get one free KFC sandwich coupon, which we which we have included <laughs> with the first. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second prize is like an expired Arby's coupon. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe. But, yeah. But the AC Lewis box set has every one of his movies in 4K, except for the stuff that his that they can't find. And uh, the only two big ones that I aren't in there are the non-horror now. ones. Uh, Year of the Yahoo and uh, Blast Off Girls. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so... Good stuff there, Steve. Very happy, actually. Very happy. And so. will it be camping again this year? Oh, it's, it's always camping. We invented camping. Yeah. Why, why the not? <laughs> the Riverside. No, you didn't. Uh, the Riverside the came up with the. on the other side of PA to invented camping. What? When? Okay. Well, for these events, I think I believe we did. Yeah, <laughs> and we, we have, we've had camping. We were, we were actually just talking about this earlier today. We've been doing camping for this event since I think the second or third one, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, it's got to be uh, it's got to be some years now. Yeah, fifteen, sixteen years we've been doing camping before, and any other drive-in started doing that. So for the you know, for the for the horror events, actually. Right. Yeah, I don't think there was any horror. The Riverside made available, and it was it, it, it was a great, uh, great, a totally great thing. I mean, you know, you can camp out and you can see the movies for the weekend. You can leave your tent there. Yeah, that that, that was that was the uh, that was their idea to give the free breakfast. Yeah, and it absolutely. turned out wonderful. And they're still doing this yeah. too, right? Absolutely. No, it's so. it's great. It just it brings a whole different uh, dynamic to the whole thing, you know. Yeah, it's a quality experience you're paying for, which is not what you find in a lot of the other drivings. That's that's from not from personal experience, because neither of us have time to attend anything with our regular jobs and you know whatever. And and it's just uh, we never hear good stories about camping at other drivings. We just don't. 
It's a horror story. It's either a porta potty filled full of dirty shit and piss or mud or bugs or just misery. And and it's and a total lack of interest. In the Riverside's not as bad at all. <laughs> Far from it. In fact, they they offer a nice clean campground, a free, a nice beautiful huge free breakfast, which I guarantee you is not being offered anywhere else. So it, it's a quality experience. You're not. You're not no, I think I think the other driving is off of pick your own berries. Yeah. Pick your own berries. <laughs> anyway, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, they put pick out your own berries. If you pick the right one, you don't get poisoned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so well, that's the difference. We're looking yeah. forward to it. So, if you have one question yeah. to ask us before we go, Steve, what would that question be? Yeah. Uh, how many year more years do you see yourself doing it? Because I have to get up there for the Robbie Benson show. That's the one Next that I have to be one. there for. Next year will probably be the last year because we're all getting tired. And... <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time that was said, I'd be retired by now. Yeah. Well, on the uh, years... It, 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 uh, I know Robbie Benson on Facebook, and I will make sure he's there to sing the song from Ice Castle as uh, the final. Because he wasn't even the one saying it. He didn't even sing that song. He didn't sing that song. That, I that know. Was well, he can sing it say, anyway. Yeah, yeah. He can just sing it anyway. <laughs> That's cute. Okay. Sounds like a plan, guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you guys uh, for uh, being, well, mostly, no, just thank you guys for putting this on for so long and how uh, it keeps being so good almost every year. Yeah, we hate to see it end every year. I mean, you know, we, it's always fun prepping for it and then it happens and there's always that inevitable feeling about halfway through the whole thing where where you go, wow, it's already halfway over, you know, and, uh, you know, we it's just highly enjoyable. It's something that we enjoy doing. I think that your heart has to be in what you're invested in, and you have to really believe in, in, in your product and, and, you know, what you're giving folks and, and what the takeaway is going to be that they'll take with them elsewhere that inspires them to do their own shows or, you know, anything like that. So there's so much that comes out of this. There's so much, you know. It's a very positive feeling, I think, at least for me anyway, you know. Here's a question for Steve. If if you could choose one movie for us to bring back that we already showed in the past, what would it be? Mask of the Red Death. That's a good one. That's a good duck. That's good. It's an interesting choice. That's a great it's movie. It's, choice. it's a classy choice, yeah. Yeah, definitely, for sure. You never know. So, no, not at all. Not in the least. So, but all kinds of good stuff coming up in the week. And good weather. And the we'll one that I beg you never to bring back today, is Son of Dracula. Please never do that again. Don't worry. Son don't worry. There's no... Don't worry, you have nothing to fear. We won't bring that back. <laughs> What's that? That was an asshole spot for sure. Yeah. Son of Dracula, the uh, Dracula. the Harry Nilsson. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, definitely. The, 
the Ringo Starr or Harry Nelson thing directed by Freddie Francis, which is a curiosity, but it's it's just very it's just very odd and it's like one of those films I don't think worked well at the, at the drive-in at all, but uh, you know, definitely not something you see all the time because it's it's not out there really. No, that's for sure. Definitely. Uh, George, now Definitely. that I've got you here, what do you think of the upcoming uh, uh, Peter Cushing set that, uh, what company is putting that out? Isn't that like Severin. Synapse or is Severin. that Arrow? No, Severin. it's Severin. Yeah, and, uh, Severin. No, I, I'm very happy about it because, uh, you know, it's it's got some oddball films. It's not all horror. And, uh, you know, Peter Cushing is my favorite actor. And uh, it's 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 going to be a nice collection with extras. I'm I knew I had known about it for a long time, and I I couldn't say anything in public, but I had gotten heads up, and I I um I I was working with the the head of Severin. You know, he kind of like let me uh, give gave me a a sneak peek at the Bloodsuckers transfer because he's got you know some stuff in there that's never been shown in any version before. That's, <coughs> been released on home video so uh no i'm happy about it i'm I'm definitely very happy about it is this as close as print what's that the legendary doctors wear scarlet print the the one they keep saying that all the books keep saying oh this is the though they took this film and mutilated it and turned it well, in they mutilated it in the sense that they they added all this stuff to it, you know, much like like you know going back to humanoids in the deep, they added like all this kind of sensationalism and these orgy scenes and stuff like that, very psychedelic, a lot of nudity, a lot of what movie was that? Uh, Doctor, uh, the uh, blood so- blood suckers, aka Doctors yeah, West Garland, aka Incense of the Dam. I have that on DVD. That's kind of a rare movie. Yeah, well, it's so. in, it's going to be in that in that Christian Curiosity. Right, right. Is it Christian Curiosities or yeah, whatever it's called? Uh, yeah. That. Right. Yeah. Right. And they also announced a new four disc uh, Jess Franco's uh, Count Dracula, which I'm one of right. those that like that more than most. Everyone I. Everyone like a lot of reviewers always go like, and eh, this is not that good. That was Christopher Lee's. I think Christopher Lee's on record saying that was his favorite portrayal of Dracula out of all the yeah. camera films and everything he did. He enjoyed that one the most. I, I like. I never had a big problem with Count Dracula. I mean, you know, I can see the flaws, but I'm not going to like go. You know, right. you got to take right. a film for what it is and. I've always enjoyed that film, and I'm 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 very much looking forward to this new restoration from the from the, the original negative or whatever. Because uh, we showed it last, we actually showed it last year at the um, the Christopher Lee uh, centenary. Yep. yep, we did. So yep. um, Absolutely. I wouldn't have shown it if I didn't, you know, like it. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't believe. Well, that's not true. I do show movies I don't like, but I, I you know, it was, again, it was just. It was a Dracula movie we didn't show. It was a, it, I think I, and I, I enjoyed seeing it. it on the screen, yeah. Definitely. Well, Franco's so. funny because... Uh, just Franco fans are funny because it's like... You, you, you see people put... You know, you see, like, you talk about one of his, like, really exploitive, you know, say, sex films. 
you know, uh, sexploitation movies, right? And, you know, somebody knocks it and they're like, oh, no, this is like the most, this is a masterpiece, isn't that? And then something like Count Dracula, you have like these, you know, like like Steve is saying, like people put it down, it's like Hammer fans going, oh, it's not that good, it's not that good. It's like, you know, come on, just just enjoy it for what it is and shut up. I'm just, I'm just, you know, fandom is, is, is crazy now, so. A lot of complainers, you know, just just like what you like and, and hate what you hate and shut up. <laughs> it's like all the people that are griping about Last Voyage in the Meter because they're like, well, that wasn't a Dracula movie. That wasn't a Dracula movie. Where did they get this from? I'm like, it's in the book. Have you ever read the book? Actually, I thought the movie was excellent. My Tim and I, when Tim and I went to see that film and. We thought it was uh, we thought it was spectacular. I think it was a great throwback to. Uh, I don't think it was so much like a Hammer film. I mean, I can see where people make that comparison, but I love the fact it was a period piece. They put some good money into it. There were good actors. It was it was very well directed. It sort of had a feeling of the movie Alien, in my opinion, because of how he was <coughs> hiding in the ship, picking them off one by one. I mean, I thought the film was excellent. I thought it was one of the best movies compared to all this this ridiculous shit like the, you know, the Nun 2 and all this fucking garbage. And it is garbage, these films with these jump scares and people getting pulled into the darkness and Satan this and Satan that. You know, Hollywood and the horror fans today are just literally trapped in a in a formula, and it's the same shit over and over again. And, and I talk about this all the time when I do your shows and I do other people's shows. You know, yeah. the films are not good, period. People, they're good for the audiences and they make money, but these are people that don't have a history of experience with horror, so they're not going to know what's good and what isn't good, in my opinion. You know, it's just what's driving the sales. Last Voyages to Meter is one of the best movies to come out in a decade or more, so see it by all means. And if you've read the book, it's like a whole chapter where it talks about the voyage of the Demeter. Right. Well, it's a good film. It's just, it, it reminded me a lot of the uh, Frank Langella Dracula. Is what it reminded me of, sort of. I think the film was extremely good. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you, do you have listen, Steve? Do you have like a fart machine there too? Because I think that would just be even more. No. Okay. <clears throat> Why do I feel like I'm looking inside your head? <laughs> I don't know, because I don't know where the heck that sound is coming from. <laughs> I'm tripping out. I don't know. <clears throat> well, George, are you ready to call tonight? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess so. And this is all, and the and the monster on the fall is always a great way to start off your drive, uh, your Halloween season. Yes. So that's right. Even though it's still summer. If anybody listens to this besides, well, I don't know besides, like yeah, my relatives don't even want to listen to this. If anybody listens to this. 
It's the drive-in Super Monsterama <laughs> this weekend, Friday and Saturday, September 22nd and 23rd at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, PA, outside Pittsburgh. It is uh, an event that's been going on since 2007, and we have a retro horror weekend that you will not want to miss. This is the one, the original, the horror spectacular chiller monster Marathon at the drive-in that started the whole nationwide trend. You want to come to this? Yeah, definitely. All Alpha right, never never duplicated. Never. No, it's like never. It's like it's <clears throat> like there's a British invasion and we're the Beatles. It's like uh, uh, somebody invented rock and roll and I'm Little Richard. So there you go. Just 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 think yeah. about that. Good guys. I have that, a big head, so. Night, everybody, come go to the Monster Roma this weekend if you can. <clears throat> and somebody yeah. bring Steve How there. About, yeah, I wished. Just put him in a in my like body's one of those. Like, uh, my body is still like just, no, no, maybe another year, buddy. Him, or otherwise, him, you know. Just tie him to a stretcher and and then just. Rope the car to a station wagon and drive them in. Exactly. And get it hey, out. Man. Hey, we'll that's a good way to come in there. Blood we'll give you free funnel cake. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, Steve. Hey, Always just, appreciate coming yeah. on the show. Always appreciate having you guys. And every one of us fans appreciates Monsterama. And you sure do. Uh, Good night, everybody. Yeah, good night. See you guys. Bye. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, 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 o